Hey kids, this week the Cinemadri's restaurant is closed as Rob and Zach make the necessary changes to ensure we have a great upcoming year of business. So, we've decided that this episode will be constructed of unreleased parts of our discussion from Monstober, specifically the Jason Goes to Hell episode. When you hear this noise... It indicates we are switching gears in the conversation. Enjoy, and a happy new year. My next horror movie experience was, we were at Circuit City, insert uh, mid-2000s laughter here, <laughs> and and they had Nightmare on Elm Street, the VHS. This was I, I don't I guess I didn't have a DVD player yet, so it had to be before two thousand my birthday of two thousand two. Okay, okay. And so I, she bought me that, and she's like, again, very apprehensive about it. She's like, I don't know, like if I want you watching this again. I'm only nine at the time. Don't blame yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, I don't know. And but my nephew, which everybody knows, is my nephew. It's funny, if anyone's ever talked to me for more than five minutes, if you've ever met me and you heard me talk for more than five minutes, chances are you've heard me mention my nephew. And it's, it's what we have to edit out every single episode. Yes, every podcast. time you mention it, it gets bleeped out, so nobody knows what, what the adjective is to describe my nephew. And it, it's a nightmare to edit. You know, we're going to say it a couple of times, nephew, nephew, nephew. And so I went over, I think I had the VHS tape, and I got it from Circuit City, and I, I brought it home, and I didn't open it. For some reason... Whether I think it was like inadvertently, my mother had convinced me, or I guess she not disciplined, but like taught me properly that I didn't need to watch this. And but for yeah. some reason, my nephew, who was younger than me, he was allowed to watch all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Don't know okay. why, but like his parents were like, would just let him watch anything. Like there was no younger than me. So like we're dealing with maybe like a seven, how old are you about? Maybe seven, eight years old. And they let him watch more stuff than I did. And oh, sure. and so I remember I brought it to him and I gave it to him. And like, I don't know like the, why. Like I the did VHS? That. Like you just gave him the whole VHS? Brand new. Oh, wow. And I don't know why I did that. I'm like, I just gave it to him. <laughs> like, and I, and I, it wasn't like I did it without my uh, mother knowing. She just, like, she was like, I think she was happy. She's like, good, get it out of the house. Yeah, she was like, I brainwashed him. <laughs> yeah, and I think in a weird way, I think that's what happened. So, like, I didn't think anything of it. And I just gave it to him. He's like, I remember he was like so excited. I don't think his parents were too thrilled at the fact that I was giving it to him. Mm -hmm. But it was like, whatever. I don't think they cared. They're kind of like they weren't thrilled, but they weren't they weren't going to stop it either. Yeah, and because he had like he's one of the ones where he had like all the horror movies. He had everything like that. To this day, I think I still compete with him. Like, why I have such a large movie collection? And there's a part of me that what's the old saying? You're always trying to win the last war. And I think that's sure. what I'm doing to this. Day. That's why I have 800 movies. In fact, I'm still trying to compete with my like 10 year old nephew. <laughs> and and so anyway that was right on oh yeah i definitely this is it's funny the, the slasher genre even though i don't like, like there's certain things like in like a hellraiser like mm -hmm. I, i'm not i don't like chucky i chucky's a cute concept but I, the first one's good other than that you can keep the rest of them no, Chucky, Chucky's, no chucky's no good Chucky's no good. <laughs> Although Chucky can be fun, depends on what you do with him. Like they got really campy. Chucky's never years. fun. A doll that comes to life is never fun. That is one of the things I will always find legitimately scary. It can never be fun. <laughs> a toy that comes to life. Uh, no, a doll that comes to life. Something that is created to look humanoid, becoming humanoid. That's uh, I, I have a thing with dolls becoming real. That's a very, very scary concept to me. I don't like the Chucky movies for that reason. So no lesser Chucky more, in this series. <laughs> le lesser more than Moss. I like Chucky less than Moss. Oh, okay, good. Moss I can kill. 
I can't. How do I? I don't think I killed Chucky. Isn't that the Chucky thing where you like they burn him and he keeps coming back or something like that? I think so. Yeah. See, I don't. Don't even. No. No. This is a bad topic to go down, Zach. <laughs> bad touch. We dolls need are dolls. Dolls are inanimate. They always should be. <laughs> but no. Like so. <laughs> All right. Okay, we're taking we're taking a slight detour, folks. We're taking a pit stop. First <laughs> Friday the thir- first Friday the thirteenth. First Friday the thirteenth is obviously Betsy Palmer. Um, Jason has a very limited role at the end of the film. Yeah. Friday the thirteenth part two is when he has the the sack over his head and he's going around like he has like, the overalls. He's like he's, he's like a deranged farmer. Is that one just part two? Yes, Friday the thirteenth okay. part two. Um, Friday the 13th part 3 is the one they had they did the gimmick it was in 3D so there's a uh, bunch of stuff like there's the guy like, they have like the harpoon gun or something they have a bunch of like uh, or maybe I forget there's a bunch of gimmicks in that one yeah that's uh, yeah. that's the film where he gets the hockey mask okay uh, ho- uh, Friday the 13th part 4 the final chapter is the one with Corey Feldman okay I've heard of that yeah part 3 it's funny part 3 and part 4 are the most popular ones in the series mm. by far Yet they are almost indistinguishable from each other, in my opinion. <laughs> okay. I, I, okay. I mean, like, he wears the exact same outfit. He wears, like, a green button-up shirt with, like, gray trousers. And he has, I think he has, like, a machete. That's probably the Jason that I and other non-horror fans would know best then, right? Because I always kind of think of the machete when I think of Jason. Well, it's funny. Cause I, as I as we're recording this, I am reading a book called uh, Slash of the Titans. It's about, it's about the making of Freddy vs. Jason, mm-hmm. which, again, will probably be a cinematic at some point. And the fact that that film took like over a decade to get made because yeah. no one could figure out how that how to do that movie properly, which I think they – even re-watching Freddy vs. Jason, they didn't do that movie properly or as well <laughs> as they could have. Yeah, sure. And you go look at Jason. That's the weird thing because Jason does have all these – he looks different in every single one of the movies, except for parts three and four, mm-hmm. which are, again, they're almost the exact same movie, except for Corey Feldman. They yes, are the same yes. exact movie, and I think it's weird that the movies that I feel that are the most indistinguishable are yet the most popular ones in the series. Mm, interesting. So what was now, the subtitle for four, the final chapter? Yes, they tried killing him off in, in part four. Okay, okay. Uh, the subtitle for the one we're talking about today is The Final Friday. <laughs> yeah, but that's, well, that's we'll get into that why they had to call the movie. Sure. Why, why yeah, this I know we, we talked a, a little bit about the Paramount stuff, but yeah, okay. We got one through four done, right? Yes. Okay, and that was supposed to be the end, because at that point, they wanted to go out on a high note. That film ends, spoiler alert, with Corey Feldman like shaving his head and being like, Jason, stop it! And Jason does like the weird thing. Like, that's where it started, where Jason would like, ah. cock his head and make it look like he's thinking. Okay. And, and Corey Feldman like takes his like machete and starts like stabbing him in the head, and that's how the film ends. Um, mm. It's got it's got a cool ending in that sense where it's like it's like little like nine year old Corey Feldman just like slashing his head, and, like his head like sinks onto the blade. Like it's it, oh. it's cool. I'm thinking of the I, I've never seen it, of course, but what do you just described for some reason made me think of the ending of the of the original Twin Peaks. How's Annie? Where he's just banging his head into the mirror.
How's Annie? How's Annie? How's Annie? How's Annie? Well, it's it, a little more graphic than that. Okay, 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 cool. Well, yeah, real, movie versus it's TV a graphic sure. ending, the end of part four. What happens? Right on, right on. I'll have to check and, it out. And then part five has Jason's not in it, much like Holly, um, Halloween three, season of the witch. Yeah. Jason's what's not. The, in, what's the subtitle for five? A new beginning. Oh, that's right. We okay. We talked about that. Yep. That's and everybody got mad at that one because Jason's not in it. It's a spoiler. Okay, spoiler alert. It's an imposter, Jason. Mm. No, Justin, then, Justin Voorhees. Justin Voorhees. <laughs> Actually, it's Roy. Roy is the imposter. Uh, oh. Imposter Jason. It's Roy. Oh. Um, it's funny that that film has had another one where like people have gone back to it and like okay. oh they've reevaluated it though, but it doesn't have that many interesting kills. Mm. It's it's a very campy movie. If you don't, if you like making, it, it's it's very similar to the remake. If you like making fun of Friday the 13th movies, sure. <laughs> it's the movie you go to because it's like, yeah. oh, it's it's some really goofy moments, but it's not it's not memorable, I think, beyond the fact that it's an imposter, Jason. Gotcha. Part six is when every part six is probably the second most popular one, maybe the most popular. This is Jason that, Takes Manhattan, right? No, this is Jason Lives. Friday oh, the 13th what was, part six, Jason Lives. What was the Manhattan eight? That's eight. Okay, okay. I'm jumping the gun. Okay. So Jason yes, Lives. Yes, Jason lives is when they uh, resurrect. They, like somebody, like, someone goes to his Tommy Jarvis goes back to his grave and tries to uh, like it takes like a, like a silver rod and like tries to like skewer him, his corpse, and okay. then somehow like um, Frankenstein's him back to life. Does the rod get hit by lightning? Yes, it does. Oh, that's that's fucking great. <laughs> it brings Jason back to life, and that's kind of like where like before that, Jason was just a guy that was really hard to kill. Mm-hmm. This is the film that makes him into like a zombie, and he's now he's super powered, and you gotta yeah. destroy his heart type of stuff. Okay, yeah, because that they made him a little bit more. I freaking, yeah, part yeah, because part six is where they eventually how they get rid of him or they stop him is by drowning him in the lake. Okay, they, t- they t- like how they stop Jason is they go out in the middle of the lake and they get like a a chain and they like <laughs> they tie it to a rock and they just like like uh, put it around Jason's neck and they trap him in the bottom of the lake. Also, they they do a mob hit on him. Pretty much. Nice. He's sleeping with the fishes. He's sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> and, but no, part six is actually really good. Like, I don't mean to take anything away from part six. Part six is like probably the, the my second favorite out of okay. any of the films. Because okay. it actually has a really cool sense of humor to it. And there's some really goofy out. It's really campy. Nice. It's, nice. It, but, but it's it's not, it's tongue in cheek. It's not like, look at how stupid this is. Like, mm-hmm. this is like, this is garbage. You like garbage. Yeah. Um, but no, it has like really one great moment where like Jason's on the verge of like, like it's one of the few times that Jason's on the verge of like killing kids. Like, actual, like, children, not teenagers. Oh, okay, okay. And a bunch of kids are, like, hiding underneath, like, their beds. And I don't want to give away the best line of the movie, but one of the Execute kids... Execute Order 66. Wrong podcast, <laughs> wrong movie. But one of the kids turns around to the others and goes, so, what were you going to be when you grew up? And, like, it's... Oh, it's shit. <laughs> yeah. It has, it has probably the best line of the entire series. God oh, damn, that's dark. <laughs> Part... No, but no, but it has like like the whole cast is really good. Okay, um, it's okay. a fun cast. It works. It's, it's one of the few ones that works. Um, part seven, Jason lives. Clearly, they were running out of ideas this time because Jason's at the bottom of the lake where he was in part six. There's a girl who has like Carrie esque like telekinesis. Of course, and she like in like a fit of like anger revives him back to life. 
in the whole end of that movie, it's the first movie that has Jason's mask fall off. So you see him like be like a moldy, like, mm-hmm. uh, like mess. Yeah. And like, it's basically Carrie versus Jason. Where, like she'll just throw things at him with, with her mind. She yeah, like yeah. lights him on fire. Um, I'm trying to think how he gets stopped at the end of that movie. He might he might end up back in the late. I don't know, he might blow. I don't know if he blows. I forget. Whatever happens, he he gets stopped. Um, part eight. Jason takes Manhattan. <laughs> There's like a party boat that's supposed to be like going from Crystal Lake to Manhattan. We can figure out that if camp if Crystal Lake is a, is a a lake, how can it get to Manhattan? Nobody can figure that out. Um, it, he like, got, oh, look at this party boat in the East River. We came from Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> yeah. Um, the weird thing about Jason Takes Manhattan is that it's it's more or less the last ten minutes of the movie. Oh, okay, okay. Because he's really not he's not in he's not in Manhattan for any more than the last ten minutes of the movie. It has oh. a has a really great scene with Jason in Times Square. Okay. Um, that cool. that happens. Other than that, the rest of the movie is filmed in Vancouver. That's the only shot I think is actually in New York. <laughs> And the ending of that movie is weird because they, they like lock him in the sewer and like all the sewage like dissolves him. And he like dissolves into like like a boy. It's it's weird. Nobody can figure it out. He dissolves and, into, like a. You say a boy? Yeah, like he, like he's Jason, and like there's like uh, the sewer starts to flood with like toxic sewage, mm-hmm. and like he like his mask falls off and he starts to like dissolve, and like he becomes like a little boy, and that's how the movie ends. Yeah, it's weird. That's that's when they really started to run out. Keep in mind during all this, like the first movie came out in like 1980, and the yeah. eighth one came out in 88. So they basically okay. were making these at like one a year. It's funny. Okay. Like, everybody complains about like Paranormal Activity when they were making like one of those a year for like three years straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, keep in mind, they're releasing a new Friday the Thirteenth, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween movie, uh, Texas Chainsaw. Uh, Hellraiser, Chucky, like all these movies are being released. Like, like there was like one a year. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, it's hard to believe there was a point. Like, oh god, another like Paranormal Activity this October. It's like there was a point where you get like a slasher movie like once every eight months. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you have that at that point. Uh, Paramount loses. It's it's never been firm, uh, fully explained, or at least to my knowledge, has never been. Was that? Sean Cunningham, which we'll mm-hmm. get into the articles I sent Rob, yep. where Sean Cunningham directed the first Friday the Thirteenth. He also like was kind of kind of sort of involved with the last place on or the last house on the left, uh, okay. Wes Craven's film that really put him on the map. Mm-hmm. And so, whatever happened in the late eighties, early nineties, Sean Cunningham was able to get Jace the rights to Jason away from Paramount. At that point, okay. Paramount really did not want anything more to do with this. Paramount was always kind of embarrassed of these films. Mm-hmm. They made a ton of money, but they got an incredible amount of flack for them. Yeah, it, it's yeah. infamous that um, on Ebert and Sis- or Cisco and Ebert go to the movies. They would like every time one of these movies would come out, Cisco and Ebert would be like, "This is the address for Paramount like studios. This is the <laughs> this is the CEO. Please write to them and tell them to stop making these movies." <laughs> like like Cisco and Ebert went out of their way to try to destroy films like this. <laughs> <laughs> but people forget. Like everybody likes. Like, like, don't get me wrong. I worship at the altar of of Roger Ebert, like most film historians do. Mm-hmm. But like, Ro- like Ebert and Siskel, like I, I think it's kind of despicable they went out of their way to destroy films, which I guess okay. isn't different from yeah. what film bloggers do to this day. Mm. They were the they were the original trolls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Our next movie is Friday the 13th, the final chapter, an immoral and reprehensible piece of trash that sold more tickets on its opening weekend than any other movie so far in 1984. And that is a very, very depressing commentary. It really makes me sad to think of all those moviegoers spending four and a half, five bucks, most of them teenage kids, sitting there watching this sad, cynical, depressing movie. Now, needless to say, Paramount Studios, the distributor of this film, didn't authorize any clips of the film for use on television. They like to make the money, but maybe they're a little bit ashamed of the movie. They like to hide it from critics like ourselves. But here are some scenes from the coming attractions trailer showing that the fourth Friday the 13th movie is just a cynical retread of the first three. Three times before, you have felt the terror, known the madness lived the horror but this is the one you've been screaming for Friday the 13th the final chapter Jason is back he moves like a shadow dark and silent sorry you change your mind he never utters a word. He doesn't even seem to breathe. Where the hell's the corkscrew? He simply, mindlessly, mercilessly, kills. But now, Jason's reign of terror is over. Yeah, real great. Uh, Jason, you can't hear him, you can't see him, he hardly even breathes. He's the latest word in leading men from the geniuses at Paramount Pictures. You get the idea. Friday the 13th, the final chapter, is 90 minutes of teenagers being strangled, stabbed, impaled, chopped up, and mutilated. That's all this movie is, is just mindless, bloody violence. And just think of the message this film offers to its teenage audience. The world is a totally evil place, this movie says. It'll kill you. It doesn't matter what your dreams and hopes and ambitions are. It doesn't matter if you have a new boyfriend or a new girlfriend or you've got plans for the future. You can forget those plans because you're going to wind up dead. There is literally nothing else in this movie. And the sickest thing is, this isn't the final chapter. That's just an advertising gimmick. The ending clearly sets up a sequel. And what I want to know is, I wonder if they're going to be heartless and cynical enough to make the sequel, because why not? They've already taken the bucket to the cesspool four times for this sludge. I think the people who made this, who made this movie ought to be ashamed of themselves, and that's what I think, Gene. No. And I'm going to vote no. <laughs> I had a feeling you might. Uh, I got uh, as upset as you did. I don't know whether the, the, the teenagers, the message will be of this film that this, the world is hopeless out there because I think that anybody who sees this picture will see it either the way you did and mm -hmm. I did, which is that it's just a, a mayhem film. Or you might as well watch car accidents mm -hmm. edited together. Or they will think it's just a lark and just a fun. I don't think anyone's going to take this as a worldview picture. I really uh, don't. But wait I, a minute. See, the thing is they made the first one. Okay. I thought it was horrible. The hor first one was horrible. Then they made the second one. Yeah. Then they made the third one. And then, what, then they made this one. By now, all it is is the teenagers go to Crystal Lake and they're killed. Roger, we don't I have mean, a dispute about the film. The only point that I'm it making... Is a you get, have you seen you all got, four of them? What are they what, trying to tell you? No, no. Well, they're trying to give kids as a roller coaster ride and instead of uh, the, th the thing of falling uh, off the roller coaster it's uh -huh. will you get will you get stabbed in some way no, or will you get disemboweled no, and right. eviscerated it's a terrible film i'm just holding you back a okay. little bit from the, uh, what sounds a little bit soapboxy in terms of kids are going to take this as this is the way the world is i don't think they'll do that but what i am saying is this 
that the film is literally about stabbing. In other words, if you like this picture, what you have liked, I believe, is the idea that someone will get a stick put through their body because mm -hmm. that's the essence of this movie. Well, the surprise is, it's not surprising. I uh, did probably sound a little soapboxy, but I'll tell you, I'm not saying the kids are going to believe that. I'm saying this is what the message is in the movie. Now, I sat in a theater mm -hmm. and I saw this with some kids yeah. and they were, I, you watch them coming in. It's an R-rated picture. That means most of the people will be under 17. They're 13, they're of 12, course. they're 14. Okay. It's garbage. They're coming in. They're sitting there for two hours. This is supposed to be fun. They're told it's fun. They see it advertised on television. It did a lot of okay. business. Their older brothers and sisters went okay. to see it. And what do they see for two hours? Just Cruel. cynical it's terrible. It's terrible. It's a terrible film. I think a much more interesting point is that the message that it sends out is not that this is the way the world is, but that now, now you've really got on the subject, which is that watching girls, and it's mostly girls mm -hmm. again, getting stuck mm -hmm. is entertainment. That's the it's that's sick. the pornography. It's really sick. That 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 this is legitimate entertainment too. That you can go to a theater. And the movie and pay for doubled it. its money in its first weekend. Okay. Isn't that wonderful? All right, coming up next. So you have that Sean Cunningham gets the rights away from uh, gets the rights to Jason, but not the the title Friday the Thirteenth. Yes. Away. So Sean Cunningham goes to New Line, who owned Freddy Krueger, and was like, "I want to make a Freddy versus Jason film." New Line was like, "That's a great idea." Mm -hmm. New Line actually wanted to make a Freddy vs. Jason film like back during the 80s, oh, right except on. they could never make a deal with Paramount because both studios wanted the other to license out the character they owned yeah, for yeah. a fee, and basically they would have all creative control over a Freddy vs. Jason mm -hmm. and collect all the, the receipts from such a film. Yeah, yeah. So you have that. It, Jason, uh, Freddy vs. Jason's in development hell. There's like there's like a ridiculous amount of story treatments for J Freddy versus Jason. Like some of the, the plot, the plots they have for those are just bonkers. Okay. <laughs> um, if anybody's ever bored, go read slash the Titans. It's $5 on Amazon, uh, eBooks or Amazon Kindle, whatever it's called. Oh, is this it's, what I think you were telling me about? Like, sla like cyborg Jason and stuff like that. Well, that's, that well, we'll get, that's Jason X. We'll get to, we'll oh, get to okay, that. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But yeah. it's funny. It's, you mentioned that because the idea for – that's called – the cyborg Jason's called Uber Jason. <laughs> and the idea for Uber Jason comes from one of the uh, not used scripts for Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> that's where Uber Jason came from. <laughs> so you fast forward to 1993. Freddy vs. Jason is nowhere close to getting off the ground. Uh According to Adam Marcus, who was like, when he directed this, I think he was 23 years old. Okay, he, uh, yeah. Sean Cunningham went to him and was like, I, I like your idea for a new movie. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Marcus pitched Sean Cunningham on, on a new Friday the 13th film. And, and apparently, according to um, Adam Marcus, he said, as long as you get rid of the hockey mask, do whatever you want. Oh. Sean Cunningham now claims that wasn't true. Oh, okay. No idea. Uh, Adam Marcus makes a comment in the uh, in the interview that he does, saying like he goes, I, "I either Sean Cunningham's a liar, or I was the most powerful twenty three year old director in the history of Hollywood." Uh, so they make Jason goes to hell. It makes money. I think it only cost like like three million dollars. It made like fourteen million. So it made them money. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, and then they try to make Freddy versus Jason again. And Sean Cunningham was getting so frustrated with this because nothing was getting done. He gave New Line the ultimatum, make a film by 2000 or else I want money to make another Jason film. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Freddy vs. Jason did not get off the ground. So they made Jason X, which, as everybody knows, Jason in space, gotcha. which 
Also, if anybody knows their horror history, once a horror franchise has to go to space, that usually means it's dead as a as, as a property. Is that uh, the horror genre's version of jumping the shark, going to space? More or less. More okay, or less. cool. I like that. Because <laughs> Hellraiser went to space and died. Chuck uh, Leprechaun went to space and died. Leprechaun went to space. Yeah. How did I miss that? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I guess like every other American, it just slipped by you somehow. <laughs> yeah, just like the rest of the populace. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the rest of the populace. Like, I'm guessing by the numbers, that's most of you who have not seen it. <laughs> so Jason X, which it took, I did not know this for a while, that Jason X isn't just called Jason X. It's called Jason X because it was the 10th Jason film. Jason yeah. X, Roman numeral 10. Yep. And you have that. That movie uh, was another. It was a film that got caught up in studio politics. The the head of a new line that had greenlit that film was fired during its uh, post production, and the film more or less sat on a shelf for like eighteen mm-hmm. months, where it got leaked before it was ever released. It was leaked online in the early two thousands, where it got a lot of negative buzz, and it more or less bombed once it hit theaters in April of two thousand two. Okay. And then in 2003, you get Freddy vs. Jason, mm-hmm. which was kind of the swan song for both of these franchises because you got Robert England for the last yeah. time as Freddy in a film. Funny enough, Robert England is actually donning the Freddy makeup for an episode of The Goldbergs on ABC this month. Oh, wow. Go figure. He's always someone he, like after Freddy vs. Jason, he'd never like do another like Freddy. Like, like maybe for, he said for like charity. Like he's done it a few times, like for charity mm-hmm. appearances, he'll dress sure. up something that actually somebody. It's not just for a movie. Like if, he, if there's something positive yeah. coming out of it, he'll do it. But no, he's actually gonna be Freddy Krueger again for a Goldberg's episode. Mm, right on. Three, four, you better lock your door. Excuse me. Hi. Um, I lost my little baby. His name's Adam. Goes by Shmoo. Schmoo's not here. <laughs> I take it you work here? Try again. Yeah, I don't have time for games. I lost my son. Bad mommy lost her little brat. I'm sorry. Who do you think you are? Your worst nightmare. Whatever, I don't care what happens to me. I'm already living my worst nightmare. Huh? I I thought I was doing a a pretty damn good job here. No, you're great with the knifey hands and the melting candle face. It's just... Adam said he wished I wasn't his mother. Oh, jeez, that's an awful thing to say. I'm gonna kill him. No. The more I think about it, I deserved what Adam said. I was terrible to Jackie's parents. Parents? Who needs them? I never knew any of my fathers, and I turned out just fine. I don't see how that applies to me, but I couldn't stand the Geary's because of the way they parented. But then they were able to help Adam, and I wasn't. Uh, This is getting way too touchy-feely for this cowboy. it. Time to die! No. Time to get my son back. Hey! I say the around here, lady. Not anymore, Mr. Kroger. Kroger. It's Kroger. Ah! So, what? And then in 2009, you got the uh, remake. And that's pretty much it for Jason. It's like there's been talk of a sequel to that film. 
like right after that film came out, they were going to do like a, I think it was after Avatar, they were going to do Friday the 13th part two and 3D. Okay. That never got off the ground. So you're talking about the, the thing that didn't get off the ground would be the sequel to the one we saw in theaters. Yes. Yes. Do you know anything about the story, the potential story for that? Would it have been about where the gun is? Do you know if that would have been the main, like, Jason has to go back to that puddle and find the gun? Do you know if that, if that was pitched at any point? Because that would make for a riveting sequel. I can only hope there's a, there's a crossover between that, uh, Jared Padalecki's character in this and in Supernatural, where him and his brother have to go find the gun <laughs> in the puddle. <laughs> where are you, gun? <laughs> Maybe one of the greatest lines in cinematic history. <laughs> Oh my lord! Uh, but no, so you have the uh, the sequel that never got off the ground. Yeah, that's, then there that's was a, good, be- a good point. I haven't uh, I haven't thought about it, but we haven't gotten any Jason until no, ten the, years until the video game, right? Yep, and, and the video game's not even a story, so it's just it's 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 there, like it's content, but it's not. It doesn't uh, it doesn't evolve the Jason story at all. Yes, yes. And then there was going to be a TV series in like 2013. Mm-hmm. But this is where if you like studio politics. And business jargon, this is where it gets really fun. Because back in 2013, when Christopher Nolan announced that his next film was going to be Interstellar, mm-hmm. when, at that point, Christ- all of Christopher Nolan's films, had all his blockbuster films, had been at Warner Brothers, which yes. bought New Line in the, the, the early 2000s. So they inherited the, the, J- the rights to Jason, Fr- uh, Freddy, Leatherface, all them. And they want, and, but uh, Christopher Nolan was doing Interstellar at Paramount, mm-hmm. and Warner Brothers, after all the money that he made them with Dark Knight, uh, everything else in between Inception, yep, really wanted to be in the Christopher Nolan business still. So mm-hmm. they said, Paramount, how do we how do we get in on this deal? And Paramount told them, we want the rights to Friday the Thirteenth for three years, oh. and we want the film rights to South Park. Because oh. Paramount also did, um, uh, what you would call it, the uh, the South Park movie back in the nineties. Yep, yep. And so Warner Brothers said, "Sure, okay, you can have the rights all you for like I think it was for three years." And and what they got in return from Interstellar, they got the worldwide or the the non U.S. box office totals, oh, interesting. which actually turned out to be a really good thing for them because Interstellar did better overseas than it did domestically. Domestically, oh, okay. Interstellar was kind of a disappointment. Not not flop or anything bad, but just it was a disappointment compared to Inception mm-hmm. and clearly the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's why we got the box. There was a box set released in the fall of 2013 where we got all the Jason films from the first all the way to the remake in one box set. Okay, cool. And, and, and that's basically, it was only through this deal that we got this box set because it wouldn't happen otherwise. That's what happens to a lot of these properties is that the rights to them get spread to so many different corners of the wind because you have the first eight films are Paramounts mm-hmm. and the latter fours are, are Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah. But this has them all is what you're saying. Exactly. And so right like how, and for the same reason why that we never got a Freddy versus Jason film until New Line got the rights to Jason, most studios do not want to license out the films they have so the other ones mm-hmm. can make a box set and profit on it yeah so yeah. It was, this deal was kind of miraculous in that 
it was a very limited thing you had to take advantage of it. And the fun thing about that was that once this set went out of print in like 2016, mm-hmm. it became like the hottest collector's item. And it goes sometimes now anywhere from like three to like eight hundred dollars because there's no other way to get it now. Yeah, yeah, nice. And, right on. And funny enough that Fred, the on one of the discs they combine the disc. The disc that has Jason Goes to Hell and Jason X is only the Blu-ray is only available in this box set. Whoa! Okay, collectability, right on. So that I think that's it. I'm gonna I'm gonna verify that just to make sure. Cause I don't sure, sure, sure. Okay, and so wow, that's actually really cool. I didn't know that. Um, it's kind of you know been maybe not dying out, but at least in terms of the consumerism and the capitalism production, you know, people aren't really clamoring over the the Friday the Thirteenth stuff anymore. <laughs> not not as a, a whole anymore because yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's one of those things where like I love like every year I, I make my uh, numerous pilgrimages to the Spirit Halloween store. And every year you go, after one of these films opens, you see less and less of the merchandise. I remember when I was younger, you would okay. see tons of Jason stuff. You'd see tons of Freddy, tons of Leatherface. Now you walk in, and there's like you, – you'll always find a, a Freddy Krueger sweater. You, you'll find one of those. Definitely. And the Scream mask, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. The Scream mask is popular. Yeah. Because cause I, I, I don't know what the rights are with that. That's kind of all over the place, but that's a topic for another day. The and, and that's what's weird is that you see less and less of these characters. And, and going back to the articles I sent Rob, there's actually a lawsuit that's been going on for years now, mm-hmm. but between Sean Cunningham, who's always been understood as like the uh, uh, the father of the Friday the 13th franchise, and Victor Miller, who was the original writer for the first film. Yep. And, they're, and they've been suing each other over the last couple of years as to who owns the rights to Jason. Because yeah, I think yeah. it's 35 years after the initial film comes out, whoever is the copyright expires, mm-hmm. and the original author of the work then gets to dictate what happens. They can sit there, drop any existing contracts, or depending if they're interested, open them to, to negotiations where the terms can be reset. Yeah, yeah. And what's in what basically, and this lawsuit's been going on for years now, and that's why we really haven't got any new TV shows because basically no one can legally make a new TV show. Yeah, or make okay. a movie. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, because back during the 2015, it was t- rumored there was going to be a TV series. Yeah, I, I think you mentioned that earlier in this episode so far. But it never got off the ground because it was yep. like, oh, I remember you'd hear rumors of these things every once in a while. You'd read an article be like, oh, there's going to be a TV series instead of a movie now. Mm-hmm. And nobody really knew what to make of it. And now what's going to happen in this lawsuit in what was just decided in the last week since we're recording this, everyone kind of surmised that it was going to go to Sean Cunningham because Sean Cunningham's always established himself yep. as the, like I already said, he was kind of the, the mastermind behind all this. Yeah, yeah. Yet the court sided with Victor Miller. Yeah, it was actually surprising to to read that in the, in the, the articles that sent me with the, with the results, I would say, or maybe the outcome of that, of that hearing or sequence of hearings, whatever it was. Um, you probably are more up on this than I am from just reading these two articles, but it seems like they only awarded something based on the original movie. Am I misremembering that? Because Victor Miller wrote the Jason that is only in the first movie, but that's very different from the Jason, in all the other movies. Well, that's the weird thing because like, obviously I don't think anybody's actually read it. It's, it's also private, so I don't think it's not like it's, I don't know if it'd be in the uh, public records. Oh, sure, sure. So everybody, I guess it's just the ruling was announced. I, I would imagine that's probably public information, or you can yeah, find somebody who knows. The announcement of the ruling, um, press outside of a courthouse 
when they leave, maybe inter- well, interviews with the people involved. I should probably yeah. guess is a better way to put it. <laughs> and that's and, and they mention it in the article, and they don't know exactly. It's like, oh, Victor Miller has the right to Jason, and because I actually I found another article that I didn't send Rob because I think I just found it within the last uh, day or so. Okay. Okay, I don't want a picture of deformed Jason from part one. I want the actual article. Yeah, the two you sent me were from The Hollywood Reporter by the same guy. I'm sure Zach will put him in the show notes. Eric Gardner, I believe. Um, well, this, this Him article, following that, that case, yeah. This article comes from, Arrow, uh, from JoeBlow.com. And the article says, For over two years, fans of Friday the 13th have been waiting to hear the outcome of the legal battle fought between the original film screenwriter, Victor Miller, and producer Sean S. Cunningham over the U.S. rights to this series. If Miller could prove that everything in the script was created by him, as he claimed, then U.S. copyright law would allow him to take ownership of the film now, now, eh, now that more than 35 years have since passed since its initial release. But if Cunningham could prove that Miller had only written what he was hired to and told... I'm sorry. Um, but if Cunningham could prove that Miller had only written what he was hired and told to write, as he claimed, Cunningham, then the mm-hmm. Friday the 13th rights would remain in Cunningham's hands. While the court has been trying to figure this case out, development on any other Friday the 13th films has been put on hold, and recently released Friday the 13th games even had to stop updating their con- their content because of this. Man. Now a ruling has been made, and things have gotten even more complicated. The court has ruled in favor of Victor Miller, granting him copyright of the original film in the U.S., if this ruling goes through, as is, the only thing in that first film that Miller won't hold the copyright to is this scene involving a motorcycle cop, since that was an addition to the script made by another screenwriter. This means that Miller would be fully within his rights to pursue making a sequel to Friday the 13th, but the issue with that is but the issue with that is he only has the rights to follow up on what on what was in that original film. Nah, he, that's what I was thinking. And anything he makes could only be distributed within the U.S., Mm -hmm. since he would only hold the copyright in the U.S., and where would that leave the character of Jason Voorhees, who is only presented as a drowning child in flashbacks, and then pops out of the water to grab the heroine at the end, within the original Friday the 13th. The court declined to rule on whether or not Miller would be allowed to use the adult slasher version of Jason that appeared in all the sequels. Quote, or I guess, quote within the article, I also declined to analyze the extent to which Miller can claim copyright in the monstrous Jason figure present in sequels to the original film. Horror Inc. may very well be able to argue that Jason character present in later films is distinct from the Jason briefly present in the first film. And Horror Inc. and or other uh, eh, and Horror Inc. or other participants may be able to stake a claim to have added sufficient independently copyrightable material to Jason in the sequels to hold independent copyright in the adult Jason character. That question is not properly before the court in this case, however. Mm. What this really means is that Miller and Cunningham are going to have to continue working out their legal issues with each other. (laughs) Whether that involves Cunningham appealing this ruling or the two getting together to make a deal, it's not likely any studio is going to want to work work with Miller to make a potentially Jason-less Friday the 13th movie that can only be released in the U.S., Definitely get an adult murderous Jason in the picture and to ensure worldwide distribution, Miller would have to make an agreement with Cunningham. To avoid dealing with Miller, Cunningham will have to hope that another judge will rule in his favor in another mm-hmm. round of this copyright dispute. So, Jeez, yeah, when a judge says that question or that problem is not clearly before the court, 
it's like, well, fuck me. I just have another $60 million to pay for lawyer fees. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, and that's, no, and that's but, the weird, that's the yeah, weird it, thing with this. Yeah, it, it's strange. Intellectual property um, is, is a weird business. You know, I know more in music than I do in movies, but, man, this is just so intriguing to me that you have people who are kind of, like, you know, litigating over this fictional character and what they're allowed to do with it. That's really, really interesting. Here's my pitch, Zach. The two of them should team up. Because with everything you said, it sounds like Cunningham can do what he wants with old Jason, but Miller can do what he wants with young Jason. Yeah. Do a, do a movie where they fight each other. Like old Jason versus young Jason or something like that. Like old Jason got the mob hit and he's at the bottom of the lake and there's like a, a merman drowned young Jason that's trying to fight him or something like that. <laughs> would, would Tara Strong be in it though? Definitely. She'd be the love interest of both oh, of them, and it'd be like a love triangle type of thing. I had no idea he was a mer- man. As long, as long as she's involved, that's all I care about. Yes. No, that, that that's really, really interesting, Zach, that it's tied up in such, uh, you know, such a vicious and lengthy legal battle. Not that legal battles aren't always lengthy, um, but you mentioned in there, or I think that article mentioned, that Something along the lines of uh, Friday the 13th projects currently in production have been halted, and then you mentioned that they had to, like, not update the game. Yeah. Were there projects in progress at the time of this lawsuit uh, originating? I, I would imagine so. I mean, there's always talks okay. of doing a sequel to the original. Uh, yeah, that's right. To, to, that, to, that re, to the remake. You know, the remake's not that popular. I know that's another film that in recent years, more and more people are like being like, it's a fun Friday the 13th movie. What else do you want? It's the Force Awakens, Jurassic Worldification of everything. It's like, let's just, mm-hmm. take, the, let's just take the most consumer friendly elements of this franchise and just shove them into one package yeah yeah and, and then i know i hate that and i hate that people sit there respond to that and, and then defend it afterwards mm-hmm. i think sean cunningham like, like I, i've seen enough interviews with him and i've read enough stuff that when he's interviewed he's not stupid like his whole thing is like he makes a comment and i think one of the chapters of that slash slash the titans book he's like the worst thing you can do to this franchise is end it in a way so we can't make a sequel yeah yeah. Like that's how he decides. He goes. He goes. I don't care what they do in any of these yeah. movies. The only the only metric for failure in my book is a movie that ends where I can't make another one. Yeah, that, that's good for I, I. I you know once again I don't know all of his story, but saying something like that makes me think that he cares more about the franchise as a whole than specifically what he gets to do with it. And yeah. I, I, well, that's the thing. I don't know the whole story, but you know if, if that is the case, respect to him because you know. With everything that he's seeing, everything that I think these articles are telling us, it's like you can't be the one to control it all. No one else is going to let you. Well, that's okay. It's funny. This is the Jason Goes to Hell episode, but we spent more time talking about this. Is why we have to rebrand this the Friday the 13th franchise as a whole with, with a slight <laughs> emphasis on Jason Goes to Hell. Uh, we, need, we need like original titles and updated titles for all of our episodes because the yeah. freaked episode should certainly be the philosophy of media or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> what happens to dying media? Yeah. The real scary stories episode is what happens to dead media? <laughs> <laughs> what happens to uh and this will be what happens to litigious media yeah, i love it <laughs> uh no like going back to your saying that like what happened to all these projects like no like there was always there was always another film in the works like you sure. always heard like rumors like oh we're gonna be doing this 
and I think like for years it was like it was like on the schedule. It was like oh, coming like whatever it was. And they kept put, like without they never take it off the schedule. Yeah, but it'd be, be like perpetually pushed back. It's like oh, it's coming out like like I think like February two thousand eleven. And that was like, oh no, nope, it's gonna be like May twenty thirteen. Oh, I, I, okay. I think I think there was a Friday the thirteenth in May. And then it was like, oh no, nope, then it's gonna be October. <laughs> then it's gonna be like October thirteenth, twenty thirteen. And then I think I think when the lawsuit started, it's like they, they took it off. It's like clearly. And then I think it changed like the TV series. Mm-hmm. But it was gonna be like a, It's kind of like what they did with um. Oh my god, uh, I know there's one before this, but I don't remember what it's called. Or uh, yeah, the redo of like Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero on like CW. Okay. Or or like what they've done with Riverdale. It was gonna be it was gonna be something like that. They were gonna make it very. Oh, interesting. Like there, I think there wasn't there like a screen TV series on MTV. I think a few years ago. Yeah. It had, it had nothing yeah. to do with like any of the movies. It was just the title Scream. I think I remember hearing about that. Uh, the, just vaguely, I never watched it, but hearing exactly what you just said that they were using the franchise and the brand name. Uh, as a springboard, without actually yeah. being related to it whatsoever, I think it was gonna be it was gonna be something like I remember hearing something. I could be wrong. I could be crossing my wires because there was a Friday the Thirteenth TV series back during the I, I don't know if it was eighties or nineties. Yeah, it, it, it had nothing to do with the movies. It was just the title. It yeah, was, it, was, it was very Tales from the Crypt, Tales from the Dark Side, uh, something like that. Zach, I'm so glad you bring up this show. Which correct me if if uh, if I'm wrong. It's just called Friday the Thirteenth, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so I'm really glad you bring this up in this in this concept of you know just using a brand name to uh, promote something because this must have been months ago now. I, I think I was talking to Zach and I was kind of filling him in on uh, a lot of stuff that I had seen you know in the past few months, maybe since the last time we talked. And one of the things I remember telling him about was uh, now one of my favorite TV shows ever, Warehouse 13. I think it's like from 2006, lasted five seasons on the Sci-Fi Channel. It's a great show. Check it out. Um, I explained the concept of this show to Zach, that every episode these two agents have to kind of track down this artifact imbued with like the powers of some great event in human history, and it's causing problems. And I, ex- I remember explicitly saying this to Zach, and Zach goes... Oh, like Friday the 13th. And at that time, I had only known Friday the 13th as the slasher movies. And I was like, no, nothing (laughs) like Friday the 13th. And then you explained that TV show to me more. So, So that TV show really had nothing to do with Jason. Nothing whatsoever. It was it was like that idea of, of I think you told me in my research, it was a brother and sister searching for artifacts. Yep. Oh man! So, so how did that come around? How did they get to use that name? I think that was CBS. I don't know. I, I guess they, I don't know if they were under. Because I know now CBS Paramount. It's complicated. Like they're not part of the same company. Maybe back then they were. I don't know the oh, exact time okay. frame. So I think it was just we we. I think the pitch was. I know on the the like eight hour Friday the Thirteenth series documentary, there was a segment devoted to the TV show. It was just like. We want like we want to license the name. We we has nothing to do with Jason. Gotcha. We just like Rob said, springboard. It's gonna suck people in. Yeah, that's all we want. Yeah. yeah, and that's a little bit of a bummer. Um, in a lot of cases, I think you know when 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 uh, properties do that with their names, I think it devalues them a little bit. Not that you know Friday the Thirteenth 
was affected by that, but, you know, because I never really knew about the show. But, I mean, like Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts. Like, that's going off the Harry Potter coattails, basically. And it's mm-hmm. like, does that, doesn't that make the other Harry Potters, like, less or worth less now? Because you're just using the same ideas to drag money out of it? I don't know. Maybe, what do you think when you, when you see a TV show that uses a brand name that you kind of love so much for no other reason than getting attention? Does it does it upset you? Does it do you think it's a bummer? Eh, it's a crutch. I think. Yeah, that, yeah. I think that's the easiest way of looking at it. But do you think it it hurts the franchise as a whole? No, uh, cheapens it. That's that cheapens. Okay, that's a good way to a good way to put it. Devalues, like I said, cheapens. So sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but from what I've heard, the Friday the Thirteenth TV series is actually pretty good. Well, if it, it's anything it, like it, Warehouse. 13, it's going to be great, because that's a fucking awesome show. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, th- that's why I've, I've, I've heard nothing but good things about the TV series. And uh, funny enough, one of the, the main actors in that is also uh, the main character in Jason Goes to Hell, is what we're supposed to be discussing. Oh, John, the main... John Dalamay. Okay, yeah, the main the main male lead, I was going to ask, yep. Yeah. Okay, but right on. Funny enough. So, uh, no, so like Rob was saying, though, it was like, uh, there was a TV show in development, you had that. In, in the video game, the strangest thing was, this was a couple months ago, I remember seeing, because at that point, I kind of stopped playing the Friday the 13th uh, video game. Uh, real real quick, how long has this been out, the Friday the 13th game? I guess that's something I don't know. May 2017. Oh, oh, okay. It's not old as I thought it was. Um, no. It's just, I just feel like I've been hearing about it for so long, you know? Yeah, it's, it's uh, I remember that that's a topic for another day. I'll tell Rob off mic. But my anticipation for that game and the nightmare that was playing it for like the first like forget the first day, first week, the first like months of that game. <laughs> and what happened was a couple months ago, I remember seeing something online. It's like Friday the Thirteenth, the game is dead. And I'm like, what does that mean? Because I really stopped playing it once I got Star Wars Battlefront Two. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge gamer. I buy like two games a year, and that's it. And, <laughs> and yeah, and, so, and and one of those two games, Zach's trying to get me to play. He's trying to get yeah. me back on the fucking uh, off the wagon of video games to play a g- murdering game. <laughs> murdering game. Uh, so I saw that, and people were like, "What? Like, this is the end of this game. They've killed this game." And I'm like, "What does this mean?" I saw that yeah. because of the lawsuit. Apparently, the developers of the game were given like a concrete date by like the court, saying anything that you have in development needs to be out by this time or mm. else you cannot release it for for financial gain and i i guess they knew about it and they were trying to rush to get things to deadlines because i know for that game there was a bunch there was a jason x map okay. i know there was a few other like uh, jason skins that there was going to be or different versions of jason you could play as because we never sure. got a jason we never got uber jason which is one thing uh everybody knew was coming for that game is dlc mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it just got cut off. Everyone was like, "Oh my god!" Because like, it kind of spooked everybody. Because it was like, like this fans of the uh, uh, fans of the franchise. It was like, "What does this mean? Does this mean like there's not going to be any more DVD Blu-rays to be made?" Yeah. Um, like it's like no more toys. I know. I went back uh, during uh, Comic Con. NECA, who produces all the the toys for Friday the Thirteenth, all the horror ones now, and even they were asked. It was like, "Does this affect you?" And the guy who's in charge of NECA was like, "I've heard about the stories with the game." Mm-hmm. We have yet to receive a letter like that, so we guess whatever they're doing, we are either oh, exempt from it. But even he said, like, I don't know what it is that they're doing. Okay. So I could very well receive a letter that terminates it, but I have not been informed of it at this time. Sure, sure. So I, I don't know. That's a real. I, I don't know. Like Rob said, copyright law. Who knows? I think if you license something, I don't know how. 
if you license an IP, how a lawsuit that doesn't involve you, how I, I don't know how they can tell you if you've licensed it for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, I, I don't know either. That that's weird. I don't know, especially if you have a financial interest in something, why you don't hire lawyers to fight that. Yeah, that too. <laughs> or unless maybe their lawyers weren't good at the time and there was a line item in their initial contract or their license agreement saying, oh, we, in the event of litigation, third-party um, litigation, we have the right to – but you would hope a lawyer would see that and be like, well, if it doesn't involve – because it would be third-party litigation. Yeah. It doesn't involve them. Yeah, you, you'd hope, but I'm sure those people showed up and they were like, this isn't fair. My lawyer's a Morty. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally I totally get what you're saying, though, Zach. No, you are. It is it's a minefield for these people to navigate. And it's equally as a minefield for us to kind of discuss in any factual terms, because so much of it is hidden behind closed doors and we can only get so much from from the media and, and from where we can actually glean this information. It's a it's a tough one. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's it's kind of sad that like we're talking. Jason, I think even in many of the articles, and not to sound corny, but it's like Jason can overcome anything except lawsuits. <laughs> That's gonna be wait. How many Jason movies have there been now? Eleven, twelve, twelve. Jason, thirteen. All lawsuits. <laughs> like it's just him in a courtroom the entire movie, and he like tries to murder people but the judge like bangs the gavel and like gets the lawyer to rein him in oh my god there's a great movie in there zach <laughs> you want to hear something funny in one of the uh uh story treatments for freddy versus jason it's actually a courtroom drama <gasps> oh my god oh my god so so bear with me zach bear with me i know you don't have the affinity for courtroom dramas and law and order like i do but honest to God, wouldn't you love to see Jack McCoy cross-examining Jason Voorhees on a witness stand? Wouldn't that be immaculate? And Jack and McCoy that- does his Jack McCoy does his whole like I'm testifying for myself seven minute speech that no one objects to, and then Jason Voorhees is like. <sighs> <laughs> Let's tweet Dick Wolf. Let's tweet Sean Cunningham. Let's tweet Jason's mother from the first movie. What was it? What was it? something Palmer? What was her name? Oh, that's the actress's name. It's uh, Laura Pamela. Palmer. Let's tweet Laura Palmer just for completeness. Why not? <laughs> what do you think, Zach? Law and oh Order, Friday the Thirteenth crossover. Let me ask you a follow-up question. If anybody could do it, it's me. Agree with you. Me. Yeah, agree or disagree? <laughs> I don't know. I have all the I have all the stories in that book so far. The courtroom drama one is by far the worst. Oh, oh, well, you know, because they didn't have me on there yet. You know, no, I'm gonna, not can yet. I throw my? Is that like a legal term? Can I throw my hat in the ring for the Jason rights? Can I do that? Is that like a paper, like a form I got to fill out? And it's me saying I want the Jason rights for no other reason than to do a Law and Order crossover. I don't know if Zach is watching my video, but I did the motion of handing people paper yes, like he did. 16 times in that. Yeah, <laughs> he's, hand, he's handing imaginary papers to an imaginary person. I'm trying to, I'm trying to you know, practice for when I have to actually go to the courthouse and do this. All right, Zach. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about in this grand philosophy of Friday the 13th before we actually get into 
the movie. Mm-hmm. Jason goes to hell. All right. Much like much like the uh, real scary stories episode, there's gonna be like an hour cut out of this where it's gonna be bonus episode time. <laughs> I'm so glad that at least way at the start we got my summary of the movie, yes, which includes gonna, a lot of my good points. <laughs> this is gonna be a nightmare to edit, just edit, just cutting around certain things that are kind of tan- tangentially. Of, of interest to this topic. Oh uh, no! Fun fact, kids. Zach is thinking of changing the name of this podcast to "A Nightmare to Edit." <laughs> <laughs> That's every podcast I'm involved with is called "A Nightmare to Edit." Oh, great. Okay, Zach. Well, you should take the lead. I don't. I actually I'm don't have afraid to at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or close to it, where it's like, okay, they've made how many Halloween sequels? And we have another Halloween sequel with Jamie Lee Curtis coming back. And it's like, oh, and the angle to this once again is Michael is coming after her, but this yeah. time, but this time she's prepared <laughs> because it's he like, was in prison. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's like, okay, you're not. If, if Jamie Lee Tur- uh, Curtis was truly prepared, there wouldn't be a movie because he'd walk in the door and she'd kill him immediately. So obviously, yeah, some yeah, or she would have prevented his parole. <laughs> well, he, well, that too. Well, let's just, let's just assume that he doesn't get out. Uh, he he doesn't do a a con job, or he's not a sideshow bomb and gets out on parole for some stupid reason. <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's a good point. I was assuming that he's going to get out on parole. <laughs> well, the only thing I can again, I I've deliberately kind of stayed in the dark with that Halloween movie, but the only thing I can think about what they're going to do with that film. That would be a little bit different than he's a cyborg. Well, they've already done that. It's called Jason Goes to Hell. And I'm he's, sorry, he's it's called Jason X. He's Uber Shape. Uber Shape. Yeah, Uber <laughs> the Shape. Yeah, I like yeah. that. The, <laughs> okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. The only thing I could think of is that they make it into a a cat and mouse that goes back and forth between him and Laurie Strode. Like, mm-hmm. like you think about the first the first movie. Obviously, it's cat and mouse, but clearly. Laurie Strode is the mouse throughout the entire film, or yes. the girls are the, the women. And if and if I remember correctly, most of the film is from the perspective of the girls. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. Michael Myers isn't the focal point of that film. Okay, okay. I'm thinking though, when you say a back and forth cat and mouse between these two, that we might actually get some perspective from Michael Myers, like maybe a little bit more of a character study. I'd be no. really into that. If, if they're smart, they gotta keep him in the dark. They gotta keep him because the more and more mm. you put the, it's like anything else. The more and more, well, that's another reason yeah. why Jason goes to hell works. Um, the more light you put on these characters, the more, um, the, the less shadows there are, and that's where you can keep the murky details. And that's it, good for a horror movie villain. Whereas well, I'm thinking of it more of like a, a dramatic villain that you want some motivation and background for and care about. Here, it is the enemy, and we should never forget that. Is that what you're saying? Uh. Okay, without opening a whole can of worms. No, I well, yes and no. In that, mm-hmm. yes, you want your care, your 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 villains' motives to be defined. You, you do want that. Sure. But what, something like Michael Myers, you have to think about. It. He hides behind a mask, so most of what he is has to be hidden. What? Yes. Half, half the thrill of Halloween that seems to be lost on everyone that's made a sequel is that it's just the whole idea of Michael Myers was just showed up one day. And just started terrorizing Laurie Strode and her friends. Mm-hmm. It was like that movie, The Strangers. It's like I, I know people. Uh, spoiler alert for The Strangers. People were like, I, I think the movie ends with, "Well, why are you doing this to us? Because you were home." And people were like, "Whoa, yeah, what, what a yeah. revolutionary idea for a horror film!" 
It's like, no, it's like, that's, that's every horror film going back to Psycho. It's that's like, literally why people tell me I'm a bad person. Because <laughs> I do things for no reason. <laughs> well, well, yeah, though, it's like the reason why any of these horror killers go after people is because they're just there. They're not they're not going after them for any yeah. specific reason. It's like a Freddy Krueger does not go after Nancy because she's someone someone has passed. It's just a generic teenager. It can happen to you. That's it, a really it can good, happen to anybody. That's a really good point. Uh, where in my previous you know statement when I was saying that would they go and give us perspective from Michael Myers shine that light on him. I was thinking of it more from my perspective, what I want to see, what I want to, to actually, or, you know, now that I've had this subversion of expectations with a slasher movie, I'm thinking about all the other places it could go. But in terms of good writing, for a real slasher movie, let's just use Halloween as our example, because we're on that topic, you have to care more about what that character would think. And you make you hit the nail on the head. He wears a mask. He's not trying to do this for attention. He's doing it to kill and that should be the focus no matter what. I agree. Well, That's yeah, what makes I it think, scary. That's what makes I a think, horror movie. <laughs> but I think, like I said, I do, like the Halloween movie is getting really good reviews. Um, I, like I said, I think it's going to be the Jurassic Worldification. The only way I can see them doing this and doing something different with it, because why I keep hearing from this is the same BS of... Oh, it's got it's got uh, the nostalgia for the old fans, and it has something new new going forward. Okay. And that doesn't t- that doesn't tell you anything. But I think the only thing they can do to make this interesting, considering that the, the plot of this is clearly uh, Laurie Strode being prepared for Michael showing up again. Yes, yes. it could be interesting to see them because again, you can't just make her the victim again. Because if she, her whole thing is, I've been preparing for this day for forty years. Yeah. And the day he finally shows up, all hell breaks loose. Well, then clearly she's not; she hasn't done much in forty years. The only thing I can think. The only yeah, thing she I, had a surface level plan. If it could go wrong that fast, <laughs> ex- exactly. It's, it's the definition of you know what? I, I kind of close my eyes and hope for the best. And and the only thing I can think of that maybe part of her thing does work, and she puts him on his heels. Every now and then. Okay. So let's say, like, because obviously Judy, did I mention you Judy Greer is in the movie? Yeah, you did mention. I don't know who she, what role she plays in any sense. She's, 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 she's Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter. Oh, okay, okay. So I, I don't know. I, I think uh, Judy Greer has a daughter in the movie. So she has, uh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis has a granddaughter too. Okay. So the only thing I can and think of is that. going to be Michael Myers as a twist. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm with Lord. you, Zach. I'm sorry. I'm oh God, you. no, no. I'm trying to connect Judy Greer's Jurassic World thing to um. And, and, and where does Judy Greer fit into the Dean Norris series? She's um the one who tries to date him in Men, Women, and Children, right? Oh, I know that though. But where does she fit into the Rob explanation of, of events? Um, I would imagine after Men, Women, and Children, because Dean Norris had to go off with Jennifer Gardner and feel a little bit bad about what they did to their children for two minutes. Um, Judy Greer, I think, went off and just kept having more children until until one of them didn't want to be a porn star. (laughs) But it turns out that, like, 99 times out of 100, Judy Greer's given birth to porn stars for some weird reason. Who knows how that genetics works? (laughs) Does that answer your question? (laughs) It's it's hard to believe that in that film, Judy Greer is a child pornographer, in not so many words. Yeah, it really is fucking... 
crazy as shit. <laughs> and, you, and you have the nerve not to call that movie a cinematic. That movie, I'm calling it now, <laughs> 10 years from now, you're going to look back that, yeah. on that and be like, what did I, what did I do? That's going to be Zach's, like, our, our anniversary for cinemodities. He's going to make me rewatch that. <laughs> I, do, I do not know how that... I, I complain about nobody seeing Freak. I have no idea how nobody has seen Men, Women, and Children. <laughs> You're going to neuralize me and make me see it like I saw it for the first time again. <laughs> oh, uh, I wish I could be neuralized and experience Men, Women, and Children for the first time again. Uh, anyway, though, so no, I, I, I don't know, because it's funny. Like, you look at all the, like, in those Halloween movie trailers... Yeah, everything that those trailers do with Michael Myers, like I know there's one shot where I think the first trailer, which I sent to Rob, Rob at the time is like, like the girl's like, like standing in the closet and she like shuts the door and like Michael Myers is there and Rob's like, oh my God, that well, scared okay, me. Okay, yes, the concept of that is incredibly scary. The concept not, of like you no, closing no, your no no sure no, go for it no, go for no it. concept no concept we're talking about in Why not? Cinema, cin, no not because there's no Michael Myers standing in your closet right now it doesn't matter if there's a person there or not like when we're, you close your literally it's just the idea of doing something you expect to go one way but goes the other in such but, a mon- mundane setting that's what scares all me. right bingo you hit the net okay you know what you pinpointed my point you said what you'd expect. When you're watching that Michael Myers trailer or Halloween ah. trailer and you see the fact that the girl's uh-huh. about to sit there, shut her door, it's the exact opposite of suspense and terror because you know what's going to happen. You know that when she shuts that door, he is going to be there. And when I saw that moment in the trailer for the first time, I said, screw this movie. It's going to sit there. It's, it's the, like I already said, it's the four, it's the, Force Awakens, Jurassic Worldification, and this is why Jason Goes to Hell is an infinitely better film than those films, the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, the uh, Jason remake, the all those, because yeah. it's at least trying to do something different. It's no, you, trying. Yeah, yeah, you you just, I agree with you what you said with Jason Goes to Hell, but you, I understand what you're saying about that closet scene. I think, peek behind the curtains, I think Zach and I have like, argued about whether or not this is scary through 50-second Facebook voice messages for the past few months. But I, I understand what you're saying. When I watched that trailer, when I watched that trailer, I have not watched it since, I was in the mindset of, I am just seeing pictures on a screen. I was not really in the head space of, this is a Halloween movie. Of course I knew that, but I wasn't thinking of it in the way that you were. But I totally agree. If a fucking door doesn't close and you're in a horror movie... Get away from that door. That is where the killer is. <laughs> but, 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 like, even though, like, trying to, again, I know so, ever since The Last Jedi, subverting expectations now is a dirty term. But yeah, yeah. it's, it's like, if, you, if I was directing this movie, and maybe mm-hmm. it could be very well be different in the final cut. Who knows? The final cut could be different. They could be putting, oh, yeah, all the, yeah. they could be putting the very, uh, the, the, the bait, to hook the stupid, filthy casuals into the audience. They could be doing yeah. that. Yeah, neither Zach nor I have seen this movie yet, as I think we've said already. <laughs> exactly. And so, but for the, I get, they're trying to hook a new generation. That's what they're mm-hmm. trying to do. Yeah. They're trying to get, I think, like, I, I know, I'm, I'm probably one of the last few generations to remember, have any sort of genuine affinity for these films, besides just an excuse to go to the movies to get your girlfriend to sit there, hug you tight if she gets scared. Sure. Yet, as I'm watching this, 
And this is going to be the Michael Myers for a new generation. Michael Myers has to evolve for the new generation. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to be like, go all gory. Like, for example, if you wanted to sit there, have Michael Myers, instead of having him peer behind the thing, why not sit there, have that exact same shot, instead of having him very cliched, be behind the door, Mm -hmm. why not have a scene where the girl close, like, turns out, let's say, instead of her, I forget the shot, I, I have an image of it in my head, there's a light in the closet, um, and we see her like close it or open it, I forget. And Michael Myers is right there. A loud screeching sound to incite a jump scare. Yeah. Cut to uh, release date frame. Yeah, this is, yeah that, this that's is, uh, basically what it is. Yeah, That's what happens. This is what you do. To, and I'm, I mean, I'm even being derivative. My own theory now is good, or my own uh, pitch is going to be derivative. <laughs> Instead of doing that, why not play a spookier scare? And you sit there, you have that exact same shot in the closet, this. And you see her turn the light out, and for whatever reason, the lighting in her room, she has a black light. Or she has something that will enhance Michael's white mask. She turns the light off, which automatically causes a, a black light to go on. Because obviously, it's, it'll illuminate the room yeah. without um, making it bright. And when she does that, we slowly, as our eyes focus, or obviously because of the camera tech, the camera you have to play with, we see Michael's white mask slowly illuminate the frame showing that he was there that entire time do something different without doing the like yes like like rob is right if you have a guy standing a a guy who you don't know with a knife standing in your closet that is a scary image yeah Um, yeah that's what i was thinking of is me like oh my closet door won't close and i keep trying to close it so let me look in there oh fuck it's a murderer that's scary (laughs) but but there's a way of doing that without doing the low-hanging fruit version of it. i agree i completely agree with you now zach yep you're right and that's what you do you do something like that yes the concept is there except it's like the force awakens you can make a nostalgic retread of star wars Without the execution of it being so blatant, mm-hmm. yeah. like I, like the thing that I just pitched you, that exact same shot without the black light is in the original Halloween. There's a point okay. where Laurie Strode is walking upstairs, and we see the fact we see Michael's the adjustment of the. They had like a, I think from watching behind the scenes stuff or reading, they actually had a very like dim light bulb, something like a ten watt light bulb that they slowly just inched brighter brighter to sure. so in the pitch black darkness it would just the, the white mask would just barely start reflecting the white the light yep. off his mask and something like that where it's like okay a woman's walking around a creepy house upstairs and there's a killer in the house spooky thing it's been done a hundred times if not yeah, more. yeah how do you make it better how do you elevate it to something that we haven't seen before and I think that's what that's why this film is better than every other film in the Friday the Thirteenth series, and why I think it's better than ninety nine percent of slasher films because it's try it's taking I think about it, you have Jason's going around killing people. The mm-hmm. premise of this film is no different than any of the others in the series. Yeah, yeah, but it that that's exactly like I, what I was saying. The premise is no different, but they changed it up enough and in an interesting way that made me latch on to it. Exactly, it's the execution of it. Yep. That that makes it because again, and think about it. I am a schmuck talking on a podcast at eleven o'clock on a Wednesday night. Hey, it's Did, nine o'clock. Okay, <laughs> it's nine o'clock where Rob is. <laughs> Danny McBride was probably paid probably three million dollars for his script for this, mm-hmm. and he he and the director, I don't I forget who the director is, probably some guy. 
it was probably paid probably five million for this. Yeah, and could not. And I, I would imagine I have outfought them at this point. Yeah, you know, the only I'm I'm with you, Zach. I'm on board with you here with everything about Halloween, the new one, and the relationships and how it's bolstering our arguments for Jason goes to hell. Um, but once again, we haven't seen it. I think I think we are going to see it. Is that certain that we're doing an episode on it? The new Halloween? I have I do want okay, I have no idea if we're gonna be doing an episode on it. Okay. Uh that's I right. Do wanna, that's I right. do wanna see it. Like I, I will see this movie in theaters. Like I do mm-hmm. want like I I want the slashers to come back. Yes. Like I've said I'd rather have a bad Halloween movie than no Halloween movie. Sure. sure. I, I don't think I don't think anybody considers these movies sacred. Yeah. It's, it's not like yeah. Star Wars where it's like you know what it might be a point where it's better off we don't get any new movies as opposed to bad movies. Like you know what, let's preserve what we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, with these, it's like it's kind of like me with the Terminator franchise. It's like I'd ra- even though they might be bad movies, I would rather continue to see these characters and hopefully we get a good one eventually. Yeah, yeah. But my thing that bothers me about, especially horror movies, is that like horror movies are notoriously cheap to make. Yep. It's like, you know what? Whoever has, I don't know who has the rights to, to Halloween right now. I don't know if Universal has them or if they're just releasing this film. Mm-hmm. But Universal, give me a million dollars. I will write you a treatment. I will write a script. And I will make you a better Halloween film than what you're about to release in a week. Okay. Guaranteed. Oh, I will okay. make a better Halloween film than anything. Like, give me a script. Like, I will take. You know, I'll even do one better. Give me the script they have for this movie, and I will make it better. Because I think it's even in the visuals. I think you can take a yep. really crummy script and you can elevate it to, to something uh, greater than the sum of its parts. Okay. I'm glad okay. it's a discussion on Jason Goes to Hell. Yes. The one other thing I want to say is, uh, Zach, I know you. I'm with you. I think you could do a great job with a script. But I'm going to be the one here to say that they're reserving judgment. Not that you aren't. I know you want it to be as great as possible, but you have a lot of hate for this already. I am nowhere near invested in these movies, slasher movies, as Zach is. But I will say one thing. I absolutely love Danny McBride as a writer when he writes for comedy. I really, really do. Like, um, you know, Eastbound and Down on HBO, Vice Principals. Vice Principles, I think, is one of the greatest written things ever. The way it's shot isn't that good, and the way it's played out, but in terms of the dialogue, it's fantastic. So I'm going to reserve judgment. I'm really hoping Danny McBride can do what he's done with writing in the past in a different forum, uh, horror rather than comedy, and and blow my mind just as he's done before. So that's that's my my one hope. My fingers are crossed right now, Zach, because I'm going to see it too. Uh, we've talked it up enough that I got to check it out. Um, but, and that's my last little hope. Who knows? Old man. It's happen. funny. Most most <laughs> people are. It's funny. Most people get mad at movies for not doing the norm. Mm-hmm. I'm the like, like most people. Got, like people got mad at New Coke for being different <laughs> for replacing Coke. I'm the person sitting there going, "Where's the New Coke? I yeah. want New Coke." I've had the same Coke for twenty years. <laughs> I want New Coke. I want something different. I don't want stale. And I think that's weird that, like, in today's society, wanting something new makes you a bit... Like, we used to be fascinated with novelties. Now, as a culture, we are obsessed with things that are dying. Yeah. Zach wakes up every morning and goes, why isn't there any new food? <laughs> I want like, new why colors. Why can't we invent a new fruit? <laughs> I want new colors. Enough of this red, blue, and yellow nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Zach's like, I need more rods and cones. <laughs> 
I love to. This is this is what I'm just going to assume is you know when we talked about the wall, I asked Zach if he could tell me what's the first thing he thinks of when he wakes up. Now I know he wants more <laughs> rods and cones <laughs> and new colors. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I can just imagine Zach waking up, pressing his fingers against his eyes, going, "Come on." <laughs> <laughs> Let me see him. <laughs> oh, that's good. You know what? Now that Rob brings that up, uh, to answer the 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 Cinematis question from the wall, I think the answer to that question is why are they remaking Halloween? <laughs> I think I think I have the answer to that now. It might be what I I would imagine at some point in the next okay. two weeks I will wake up after seeing the I would imagine the day after I see the Halloween remake I will wake up the following morning. And say, God damn it! Why they remake Halloween again? That's it. That is a, that is a great answer, Zach. That's spot on. I love it. <laughs> I'm the master of thinking about movie questions. No one has spent a lot of time on. Oh, man. Yep, and that's what Zach thinks about when he, as soon as he wakes up. <laughs> I am a I am a mind I am a mindless cinematic philosopher. Nice, nice. 